The time is 2024. Now. You start looking out at the calendar. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. If I want to have a Valentine, yeah, gotta, gotta get busy here. Powerfully sexual. Gotta get moving. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 712 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Interesting update on a guy that you featured. Was that last week when you were yeah. on the afternoon show? Yeah, I, I love this story. and uh, You know how much I, I care about that 9-11 memorial in Kewaskum. Well, Peter Rettler, who I've met before, he's on the board of the Wisconsin 9-11 Memorial and Education Center. And he was doing this bit, and it made a lot of attention over the last month. He was doing 30 runs to remember in December. Now, this is the guy who, oh, by the way, has run every day since ever, right? Yeah, 30 years now. He's got a 30-year streak <laughs> of going to every day. some distance of yep. a run. At least a mile, yeah. a little bit more awesome. than that. That's his shorty, is the mile run. And he's done that for 30 years, and he was culminating December into this 30th year by raising money for the 9-11 memorial. And what they wanted to do was raise money, not necessarily for maintenance and whatnot, but they'll do a little bit of that if they have to, but mainly to make sure that they can pay for busing to get people to go to the memorial. The whole idea behind it is the education part of it, like bring students to this memorial to discuss it, to talk about it, to talk about the different factions that took place. I mean, it's not just just what happened on 9-11. It's the fight on terrorism. It's those who went overseas and fought because of 9-11 and all of that. Um, it's the Hoberman family, which is from Kewaskum. I think that part is so meaningful, too, for local kids yeah, yeah. to know. No, no, someone that we know right. here in our community was affected by this. This family, who is still in our community, mm-hmm. was affected by this. So Peter Rettler was raising money for that, and he said when he joined us on Wisconsin's Afternoon News last week that it had been going well as far as the fundraising. I can tell you that uh, I don't think I've ever done a fundraiser that's been so easy to get sponsors for. Hmm. I think we're right now, I, as of yesterday, I think we went to, we've got 34 sponsors for 30 days. Yeah, and they had a big run on New Year's Eve. And here we go. Why don't you just tell me how successful yeah. it was? Rettler, the Rettler run raised more than $41,000 for the 9-11 memorial. So how <laughs> about that? That's a lot that? of buses. $41,000. So congratulations to Peter Rettler and everyone who donated to that uh, phenomenal cause. That's great. 714 Wisconsin's Morning News. Sports up next with Brandon. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a Week 17 beatdown of the Vikings in Minnesota, the Green Bay Packers, believe it or not, are now just one win away from clinching a spot in the upcoming playoffs. Head coach Matt LaFleur doing his best to keep things in perspective for his team. We also understand what we have in front of us, and it really means nothing unless we take care of business next week. And in Lambeau, we were in a similar situation a year ago and and couldn't get it done. So um, we know it's going to be a tremendous challenge. I think Chicago is as improved as any team when you look at them from week one to where they are now. The 8-8 eight eight Packers will hit the practice field later today in preparation and will look to get about as healthy as they can before that Week 18 clash with their arch-rival, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of factors coming into it, but, you know, this whole team's focused on just making sure we get that win and moving on because uh, we know exactly what's in front of us and we're trying to, we're trying to get in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think any of those things were too much for us. 
Kickoff set for 325 at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. Over to the NBA where the Milwaukee Bucks are back in action tonight in Indiana to face off with the Pacers once again. The Bucks' last loss came on Monday night against that same team, and they presented a different way of defending Giannis, including double-teaming and even sometimes triple-teaming the two-time MVP, something head coach Adrian Griffin doesn't mind seeing. I love this because this gets us ready. You know, this is how teams are going to play, especially in the playoffs. They're going to double-team them, triple-team them, so it uh, gives us, always gives us the opportunity to get better, and, and it's something we, we work on religiously. Uh, I, I thought, you know, Giannis had a triple-double. You know, we are accustomed to teams playing that way. When you turn it over, it just gets a little bit magnified, but for the most part, man, we, we we were making some really good plays when they were double teaming. Some injury news for the Bucks: They could be without Chris Middleton tonight as he was added to the injury report to go along with his knee injury. He also sprained his left wrist in that loss on Monday night. His status is now listed as questionable. Tip-off tonight set for 6 p.m. And lastly, a big night for Badgers basketball as Tyler Wall scored a season-high 19 points. Stephen Crowell had a double-double. And A.J. Storr added 16 more points as the number 21-ranked Wisconsin Badgers beat Iowa 83-72 on Tuesday night for their third straight win. Put on the right baseline. Perkins had it stripped away. Heppard up ahead. Leads to Storr! Another jam for A.J. Is that Jeff there? Sounds like it Levo. Sounds like, yeah. It sounds like Levo on there. The you guys got to work. He, he doesn't stop working. <laughs> the call there on the Big Ten Network as the Badgers improved to 10-3 and overall and 2-0 and in conference play. Next up for the Badgers, a matchup with Nebraska on Saturday. A surprising start, I would say, for Badgers basketball this season. Yeah, a nice. good surprise. little bright spot. Yeah. We'll take it. 718, Absolutely. Wisconsin's Morning News. At 722 on this Wednesday morning, ABC News reporting this morning the highest number ever of migrant border encounters in the Southwest last month. With more than 300,000 more people keep coming. Some are being sent to other parts of the country, including here in the Midwest where suburban Chicago mayors are pushing back on busloads of migrants being dropped off in their communities. We do not have the staff, the expertise, or the money. And that may not be the ideal. We may all wish it was something different, but that's the reality. It's the mayor of Woodstock, Illinois, along with several other mayors, saying they are going to start fining bus companies that attempt to deliver migrants to their communities without notice. ABC News law enforcement reporter Luke Barr is live with us this morning from Washington. So much to get to, Luke. Thanks for the time. Let's. Uh, can we start with these numbers? What is a migrant encounter at the border? What does that mean? Yeah, so that means when uh, you know when you get uh, you know when when a migrant presents themselves at the border, uh, that you know they they are arrested, they're processed, and then uh, they're released into the uh, interior of the United States. Uh, that's an encounter, and so there were three hundred and two of those in one month, uh, three hundred two thousand of those in one month last month. Uh, you know, in December, uh, at one point, guys, there was twelve thousand a day uh, that were being encountered at the southern border. So Texas is one of the states uh, bearing the brunt of this surge. Obviously, Luke wants to arrest people now who've crossed the border illegally and handle them on on a state level. U.S. Department of Justice may sue to block that effort. Uh, How is that going to play out today, especially with the Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, going down to the border today? Yeah, so uh, the Justice Department has warned uh, Texas that if they will enforce this bill, uh, they have until today to, to notify uh, the uh, the Justice Department, they, they will or won't enforce the bill. Uh, 
if they enforce it, which the governor has said that they will, uh, the Justice Department intends to sue them based on uh, the claim that the federal government has the authority uh, to uh, enforce immigration laws in the United States and the states don't. Uh, it's just another one of those examples of Texas and the Department of Justice uh, butting heads in court. You know, it's like the third time uh, the Justice Department has sued Texas uh, or, or will sue Texas over uh, some enforcement measures they're taking out. Uh, and the speaker is going to be an Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, with House Republicans. And they're going to look at uh, the border. They're going to tour the border, and they're going to see uh, what's going on at Eagle Pass, uh, which is one of the uh, ports of entry that are being reopened uh, by CBP tomorrow uh, because of uh, the influx of migrants that they were seeing at the, at the border uh, last month. They closed it. Now they're reopening Eagle Pass, Texas, um, in that port of entry. Luke, why are so many migrants coming now? Like, why do we have this record number showing up in December? And, and how do they get in? Yeah, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's something that's been befuddling a lot of the administration officials uh, at the outset. And, and what we were told is that, uh, you know, because of the holiday and because of the, uh, a lot of the misinformation uh, that was being promulgated by smuggling organizations uh, in, you know, Mexico and Central America, uh, they'll use anything from saying that Senate border negotiations are going to close the border down uh, permanently. That's obviously not true. They'll say that uh, the CBP-1 app, which is the app that is used by migrants and uh, others to sort of get in line and wait for asylum at the border, is going to go away at the end of the year. That's obviously not true. Uh, you know, and, and these cartels and these smuggling organizations, we've been told, are, are willing to say and do anything uh, to make a profit and take advantage of these, uh, these, these migrants that want to come to the U.S. Talking with Luke Barr, ABC News law enforcement reporter, live with us from Washington this morning. As we look at a long-term solution, Luke, what are the different factions? Is there, is there a group that wants a way to better process folks who do come across the border so we're not putting them on buses and planes and dropping them off on the streets versus those who want to keep more people out? I mean, is that where the battle line on this issue is drawn? Yeah, and, and really a lot of the battle line issue, at least in the Senate over the negotiations, is 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 the parole versus asylum uh, a debate, which is something that has wrangled a lot of uh, uh, Senate Republicans. They they say that the administration uses the parole authority, uh, which is you know granted by the Homeland Security Secretary. They're using that too uh, liberally, for lack of a better word. They, you know, that's sort of the minutia that they're arguing uh, over uh, in Congress. The Biden administration has asked for more border patrol agents, more technology uh, to secure the border. Uh, and then, you know, you've got the House, uh, which, as, as we've seen, um, you know, has their own agenda. And it's unclear whether they're going to even go along with the Senate uh, negotiations once they're finalized. Uh, you know, administration officials told us last night they're pleased with the way the negotiations are going. They're, they're, they're almost there, but they're not quite uh, at the, at the at ready to score a touchdown yet. Luke Barr, ABC News law enforcement reporter. Appreciate the time this morning, Luke. Thanks, guys. You know, and then the other issue e, is then all of these things in terms of how Congress addresses it are also now being tied to a funding package for Ukraine, right. funding for Israel. So there are also these other issues that mm-hmm. are in there that some sides are using to try to 
force the issue, if you will, to some sort of solution. And slowing down the process <laughs> dramatically. In in effect. Remember how yesterday Giannis was talking about when they lost to the Pacers, he was going to have to go back and look at the tapes, yeah. see what he sees? Mm-hmm. Well, head coach Adrian Griffin seems to think he saw something on those tapes. I'll tell you what that is coming up at 745 when Brandon does sports. If you're looking for love, this could be your weekend. Hey, I got something for you. The love of my life. So apparently, <laughs> the first Sunday in January. Good creepy mercure drop. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Girl, about. Girl, this is all for you. Uh, the first Sunday in January is the busiest day of the year for online dating. Tinder says they call Sunday, this Sunday, Dating Sunday. The number of new bios increase. Thousands of new pics are added every minute. The number of messages sent goes up by 22%, and likes go up a lot. The app tells the New York Post that they expect to see close to 59 million more this Sunday compared to the rest of the year. So that's the reaching out, although, but you had some interactivity numbers as well, because Greg Pancake Hill, who produces the program, did ask the important question earlier this morning. He's like, are they posting or are they like liking, swiping? A little bit of both, right. but not necessarily actually going out on that Sunday. Tinder says they usually see an increase in activity on the app between dating Sunday and Valentine's Day. So the time is 2024. Now. You start looking out at the calendar. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. If I want to have a Valentine, yeah, gotta, gotta get busy here. Powerfully sexual. Gotta get moving. <laughs> gotta get moving. Seven thirty-eight news is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at ten, right here on WTMJ. And a little something extra for you. New Year bringing new challenges. Twenty twenty-four, of course, a leap year. It's an Olympic year and an election year. We talk about what the rates and markets will look like during all this, what benefits and challenges it could bring. You can join WTMJ's Steve Scafidi and Annex Wealth Management's Dave Spano tomorrow, January 4th, 1 p.m. for their live webinar. It's called Market Outlook, Risks and Opportunities. You can get your financial questions answered as we look ahead to 2024. Text the word WEB, that's W-E-B, to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, to sign up for this insightful webinar and prepare yourself for the new year. It's free, but you do have to sign up. Text the word WEB to 855-616-1620. Who's ready for a warm-up? How about a Brewer's winter warm-up? You know what I mean? Ooh, there you go. The Brewers Winter Warm-Up event presented by UW Credit Union is Saturday and Sunday, January 13th and 14th, and this year new at Miller High Life Theater. Going to be giving away tickets through the week right here on Wisconsin's Morning News. More uh, than just for one day, then. All we could do it. Yes, tomorrow. And back to back to back! <laughs> back to back to back, indeed. Today, tomorrow, and Friday. Very nice. They're giving them away on WTMJ now and on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. You so, like brunch? Yeah. You have to think they'd have some, right? <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't want to overpromise here, but millions of birds. What we do have is Brewers players, opportunity to get autographs, exclusive early opportunity to buy opening day tickets as well. The Brewers winter warm-up event is presented by UW Credit Union, and we are giving away tickets right now. Be caller number five to the old National Bank talk and text line. Light them up. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Call at number five wins a pair to the Brewers Winter Warm-Up event presented by, uh, presented by UW Credit Union. Put away the snowplow and come on out! Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. 
The 8-8 Green Bay Packers will hit the practice field today in preparation for a Week 18 clash with the Chicago Bears. For Jordan Love and the Pack, it's rather simple. Win, and they're in. I mean, this is exactly the situation we've been working for all offseason, you know, all through training camp to get ready to put ourselves in a position to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, like I said, it hasn't been easy all year. There's been a lot of highs and lows, a lot of adversity. Um, and we didn't know what to expect coming to the year. We didn't have any expect- expectations. So, um, you know, I think everybody's just continuing to work, continue to find ways to get better. Um, and, you know, we're controlling our destiny right now. Um, so I'm excited to go handle business next week. Speaking of the highs and lows that Jordan Love mentioned there, according to head coach Matt LaFleur, those moments are a big reason his team is in the position they are currently in. You know, anytime you go through a struggle and you can come out the other side, you're usually better for it. And we've certainly faced our fair share of adversity in all phases. And, um, you know, our guys continue to fight. They continue to battle. Kickoff for the Bears and Packers all set for Sunday at 325. Over to College Hoops, where the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team is off to a good start to their season, including a Tuesday night 83-72 win over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Inside wall. Kick it to crap. The call there on the Big Ten Network as Tyler Wall finished the night with a career-best 19 points. Crowell had a double-double, and A.J. Storr added 16 as the Badgers won their third straight game and improved to a perfect 2-0 in Big Ten conference play. They'll face off with Nebraska on Saturday. And lastly to the NBA, where the 24-9 and Milwaukee Bucks are back to work tonight, facing off with a familiar foe in the Indiana Pacers once again, the same team that beat the Bucks in Milwaukee on Monday night. we got to figure it out. You know, because you never know. You might see them in the playoffs. You might we're going to see them again in two days. So, at the end of the day, this makes us better. Makes us better. You know, got to go watch the tapes, figure out what they do well against us, and try to stop it. And if we cannot stop it, they'll probably lose again. Tip-off tonight is all set for 6 p.m. Coverage will begin right here on your home of the Bucks, beginning at 5:30. They watched the tapes. Sounds like you had the thing earlier from Adrian Griffin saying, like, yeah, no, we saw they're playing a different kind of defense on us, and they're. I mean, is it wrong for me to say I'm starting to really hate this Pacers team? <laughs> no, it's, I think it's delicious. Because I really, really hate this right. Pacers team, and awesome. I really, really want to win tonight. <laughs> me too. 749. <laughs> Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea Man. The Green Bay Packers want this to work. Innovative. Now, whether or not Jair wants it to work, that's why the line in the sand is there. Jair, it's on you. And Packers Hall of Famer. Do you want to be a great Defensive Player of the Year candidate, a potential Hall of Fame player? If you want that, we want you here. We want you as a part of it. But if you don't, okay, now we know that you have decided that you don't want to do that here. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by your Southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Happy New Year, Tausch. And I say that because today, according to a guy who you and I both respect quite a great deal, uh, today's the last day we're allowed to wish someone Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a little late for the Happy New Year, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too much. That statute of limitations has kind of run out on the New Year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. <laughs> that's our guy, Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> January 3rd, last day you can wish someone a Happy New Year. Yeah, I. I saw that, and then I saw Adam Schefter kind of tweet the same thing with Larry David. Larry David. I love his humor. I love both of his shows. Obviously, Seinfeld, I think we all love that show. Uh, 
I disagree, though. I think you get a one-week grace period because for a lot of us, I mean, I just got back home uh, last night. Uh, if you have not seen friends in a uh, – I think you get a 7- to 10-day window. I say up until January 10th. That gives you a full a full week with a couple-day buffer that you can still say Happy New Year. And, by the way, are you really that irritated if it's January 15th and you haven't seen somebody, a buddy of yours, <laughs> and they come up and say Happy New Year? Doesn't that give you the reminder, maybe I'm already – breaking my resolutions, or it gives you that stark reminder, it is a new year, and gosh darn it, I'm going to reset again on anything. So as much as I'm going to say I like Larry David, I think that's bunk, and I think you should get 10 to 15 days grace uh, on the Happy New Year uh, gift. I just like that he's, he's perpetually annoyed with people and our little mechanisms that we have, the things that we revert back to. Is, ah, Happy New Year. He just, it just bugs him. But you know he is, and I love the fact that you get those observations because they usually ring true. But don't you feel like he's the guy that's more annoyed, and he probably has more of those mechanisms than anybody, and if everybody was just observing his observations, would be annoyed by him to an nth degree. But since he made a great TV show, he kind of gets a pass on that. I'm guessing... Larry David would be quite a handful to deal with on a daily basis if I was betting. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so we got Sunday coming up. What year is it? Huh? Yes. Think about this on Sunday. Last year, had an opportunity, went and were in the playoffs. It was all there, a tough season. Redemption was possible. Same scenario playing out once again. We saw this movie a year ago. I didn't like how it ended. Yeah, I don't think any of us did, and... It's a it's such an interesting year how this season and how this team is played, and I don't think there's one Packer fan that doesn't feel better about where we're at now than where. And I, last year at this time, I thought Detroit didn't have anything to play for. Green Bay had everything to play for. We didn't know how long Aaron was going to be. All the stuff that we talked about, and I think you always feel with Aaron Rodgers, you win a championship if you can get in. This year now, I think Packer fans were almost relieved after everything kind of fell because I'm just done. There was that I'm done. Now it's I'm just getting started. Let's just claw in so that we can start the growth process in the playoffs uh, this season, which is way ahead of schedule. The excitement level and I think the way this team is built, there's just a much more of a togetherness feel from all parties, the fan base and the team, than what we saw last year, which was uh, this is our last shot. So – I don't know how I don't know how it's going to play on Sunday, but I do think there's there's just a renewed optimism that we didn't see last year, and I would bet the way this team played up in Minnesota, uh, the Bears should the Bears are going to have to play a really good football game to beat this team. I was explaining to someone Tausch why I thought it was important, even if we end up getting boat raced in the wild card round. Okay, fine how important it is for this young team to get in and to get a taste of the playoffs, not just in the game, but everything changes when you go into playoff mode. Your week changes. Your interview uh, commitments change. Who tells you about those commitment changes? The league steps in and does a lot of things. When you make the playoffs, it's a totally different thing in everything that you do in approaching that game. It is, and the game's faster. There's just... there's. There's a value to experiencing things. And even if you don't get to your end goal, 
I don't think anyone thought that this was going to be a playoff team. Not very many people thought it was going to be a playoff it. team right out of the jump. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I think you forget about is the expectation game. So now let's say this team doesn't make the playoffs. They get beat Sunday. Then next year it will all be about just getting into the playoffs. This team makes it. Let's say they get beat by Dallas in the first round. Uh, the expectations are switched immediately to, well, this is already a playoff team. Now we go. Now it's that next step. You're always trying to kind of click off steps. And if you can speed up your process and have that experience with a bunch of young players, that's a very valuable tool moving forward. Happy New Year, Tausch. I'm going to say it every day through the 10th. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to go till the 15th, and oh, we'll see 15th. if Larry David Bilstead gets annoyed over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bilstead hates it. Thanks, my friend. 